We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. I'm Scott Trout, CEO of the domestic litigation firm Cordell & Cordell. We help men deal with the life changes triggered by divorce, such as child custody and property division, among many others. But life changes also occur after divorce. These changes can make parts of your existing court order irrelevant or harder to follow. If you feel a modification to your court orders might be necessary, talk to us at Cordell & Cordell. We're a partner men can count on. Contact CordellCordell.com, 1065 East Hillsdale Boulevard, Suite 310, Foster City, California, 94404. Hello and welcome to the Rotoviz Fantasy Baseball Podcast. I'm your host, Stefan Laco. Today with me, we've got a full house. We've got Jacob Beeman. We've got Tyler Hoffman. The whole crew is back together, getting you ready for well, what might be your final week. It could be your semifinals. You may already be done with fantasy baseball. I have no idea what kind of league you're in. But for me, I'm rolling into the finals and I feel pretty good. Of course, I lost in the semis to T Hoff. I'm sure. He uh, will will tell you all about that. T-Hop, how you doing? I'm doing wonderful, especially after uh, pulling out the victory against you. I mean, I, it was a lot of luck, but I'm I'm happy to take uh, take the credit for it. All I know is like two two or three days ago, the Oakland Athletics put up like 76 runs, and I think you had someone involved in every one of their scoring plays. It was. Very frustrating, <laughs> uh, but that's okay. That's yeah. okay. I'm not tilted at all. Yeah, Chapman. I mean, he did go through a period of time where he struck out 23 times in like four games or something. So I actually ended up sitting him one game, which I know is heresy for myself and for this podcast. But um, and then of course the game I sat him, he had a home run. But he was just striking out like he used to back in the day. Um, but then figured it out, and I think he was, yeah, he was a part of a couple of those runs. Him and Canna and Seth Brown is hitting three seventy five. I mean, the A's are awesome right now. Ridiculous, ridiculous. Jacob, how I'm, you doing? I'm doing well. I'm not sure where either of you are getting your stats, but 76 runs nor 23 strikeouts were correct. <laughs> are you sure? I'm pretty sure I saw 76 <laughs> Maybe it was 20, on the board. I think it was 23% at the time. Excuse me, Jake. <laughs> Just saying, we might need to uh, address where our information is coming from if, if that's the information we're getting. That's fair. That's fair. Um, now I'm trying to find what that score was in that specific game for the A's, but it was it was bad. It was a really terrible, terrible day for me going up against that. It was against it your was. Astros. It was 21 it to 7. Was. 21, 21 to 7. To yep. 7. Anyway. But anyway. the game before that, the Astros did put a thumping on the A's in the game before that. Uh, they beat the tar out of your Mariners, scored 36 runs in two games. <laughs> so tied for the best record in the majors right now. I'm 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 happy about the, the Astros situation at the moment. But as far as uh, my fantasy situation, I 
am holding my breath because I think I'm in stat correction territory in uh, the one league that I'm still uh, vying for it uh, for title contention. Uh, I think I'm up like less than four points or something like that. Uh, yeah, that's always very <laughs> or, nervy. <laughs> but I believe I'm in through the finals to uh, to play you, Stefan. Ooh, ooh, so, that'll be that'll be good. We we have the best records in that league, so it's only it's only fair. And it's only yep. fair if I beat you, <laughs> but but we'll see. It'll be it'll be good. If I lose to Tihoff in the semis and then I lose to you in the other league in the finals, that will be like the ultimate, like just how it should be, really. <laughs> in all honesty, uh, <laughs> given y'all's contribution versus my contribution to the podcast, uh, you two probably deserve it more than I. Uh, but yeah, man, it's uh, it's that time of year. We are we are getting into it. There's some interesting things to talk about. Of course, it's playoff time. Uh, but but one of the things I want to talk to, to both of you guys, just kind of get your opinion. What do you think happens with teams like the Dodgers and the Braves who have clinched playoff spots um, and now don't necessarily have like much reason to roll their, you know, like a guy like Justin Turner, for example, is banged up a little bit. He's day to day. He's got uh, some some of those injury problems. But are they going to rush him back? Are they going to let him take it easy? Got like Max Muncy just off the IL. Do you expect him to be playing much? What do you think happens, Jake, with the Dodgers and the Braves having wrapped up uh, playoff spots? Do you think that they're going to take it easy going forward and we have to watch our lineups closely? Or do you think, you know, there's still a couple weeks before the uh, the real playoffs start that we might be able to uh, still get a couple, a couple good outings out of our, our players from those teams? Well, as far as trying to predict what the Dodgers are going to do, uh, anybody's guess is as good as mine. But I would say for most teams, as they near clinching a playoff spot or clinch their playoff spots, I mean, there's still stuff to play for, um, of course. I mean, everyone's playing for seeding at this point, who who has clinched at least. But what you're going to see a lot of is, you know, teams want their regulars to go through the routine. Yes, they'll get an extra day off here or there, um, and that you can usually adjust for. But what you'll, I think what you'll see a lot of is scenarios where they, they want their guys to go through the day-in, day-out routine. They're going to want them to go through the motions for that. They'll still get the starts, but you're going to see a lot of regulars coming out in the sixth or seventh inning um, or earlier if it's a blowout. Since they do have the expanded rosters and they have guys that they can you know put in there without any risk of running out of, of bench options for extra innings or anything like that. So I think we will start to see uh, position players playing six or seven innings rather than the full nine and maybe missing out on an at bat, an at bat or two. And we're going to see, you know, some pitchers who normally you can count on for six or seven, maybe go four or five. Yeah. I think that's what we're going to see a lot of. Ugh, that doesn't sound. And I think good. we're going to, and, and you're going to start to see some bullpen guys get, you know, skipped an extra, you know, an extra game because every team has extra relievers right now. So, yeah, yeah, no, that's that's not ideal. Uh, not ideal at all. Question for you, T. Hoff, kind of switching from 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 that note to something different. We just saw the home record, the home run record shattered a couple nights ago. Uh, what do you think this means moving forward? Are you looking at the home run contribution a little bit differently i mean players who we aren't used to seeing with huge power numbers are are really coming through Uh, it almost feels like if you're not hitting 20 home runs you probably shouldn't be in the majors Uh, is this going to change your evaluation at all moving forward uh, as you prep for next year or is it just you know an aberration that you expect to uh, regress to the mean yeah it's actually a good question i don't know how to think about going into next season is the ball going to be the same that's something i want to know about um, but it does, you know, the Twins hit the record, I think it was, with like a month and a half left of the season, and uh, everyone's just, you know, everyone's hitting home runs. I mean, uh, the ball's just flying, so I do th- I do think you have to uh, raise the ceiling of your, ex- or excuse me, the floor of what you expect from players. Yeah. Um, but on the, at the same time, you have Chris Davis, who's a lock for 50, who's now only going to hit. 35 or something i forget the number but no i think it's actually a little less than that but you know what i mean like you you got to still think about evaluating players from a talent and from a value perspective um i'm personally like i've always been one that's not trying to consider home runs uh, as highly because i like guys that can get me points by doing other things besides that but um 
I guess the biggest point for me with all the new home runs that are getting hit is that if you don't have those guys on your team, someone else does, and they're getting points. So you do have to keep up. So you got to take a look at that. Make sure you at least have a couple of those guys that are, you know, that are those power guys that, you know, even if they're striking out, you know, at a, at a very poor rate, if they're going yard a lot, then that makes up for it. So yeah, it's, it's a tricky one going into next season. I don't like that. That's where we're going with this. I prefer the baseball that's singles, walks, stolen bases, small ball. I think that's, that's more exciting for me personally, but I think I'm, I like baseball state on it's weird um and then but of course like you know I love I love all of my Rockies players and they're going yard when they're uh, in Coors of course so yeah I don't know what do you think like are you is 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 25 home runs nothing now or is that is that the norm is that the yeah I think that's probably the question that we need to ask going into next year what's the you know what what does a power hitter mean today you know and is everyone a power hitter in what sense i think power hitter if we're going a number of home runs hit i mean you're looking at 35 home runs to be considered a power hitter you know 30 to 35 home runs whereas you know 20 or 25 used to be a marker that we used i think realistically what it means for evaluating players is you know there's some bad swings that are resulting in home runs right now because of the because of the ball. We all know it's because of the ball. There's no hiding that. I think what it means for us in terms of evaluating talent is we're going to have to start looking more closely at some of the advanced stats like uh, OPS and uh, even um, you know exit velocity and launch angle and all of those type of things to determine which of the players are... are more likely to put up the points that we need them to put up because I think to a certain degree with the, the ball situation being up in the air, no pun intended, we don't know what the ball is going to be like. And I'll, and I think there's a, a good number of home runs that happened this year that were on swings that weren't home run swings. And you don't know if, if those are going to result in the same type of in this, in the same type of result next year, or even, a month down the road, you know, if, if that swing results in that kind of fluky home run that, that you can't count on, but something like exit velocity and, and launch angle, or even, um, you know, PS plus and things like that, those are, are numbers that we can start to rely on. So I think we're, we're going to have to shift our mind sh- mindset a little bit from the looking for 25 to 30 home runs, 15 to 20 steals in an average of, 285 plus to looking at some of these more advanced uh, stats a little more closely. I, I think that's right, right on. And I think uh, as we prepare for next year and we're, and we're looking at our um, even just looking at our projections for the upcoming year, we're going to have to be a little bit more aggressive with, with our home runs because people are hitting, people are hitting them out of the park at a, at a much higher rate. I know what, what I perceive to be a good, or what I did perceive to be a good home run to fly ball rate is now uh, just kind of kind of standard. Uh, but let's let's move on. We're gonna we have a really good show for you today. We've got uh, we'll start with some of the injury updates, uh, a couple of real bummers to talk about, and a couple of guys coming back as well. Then we're gonna uh, talk about some waiver wire ads uh, regarding your hitting component, and then we'll get into uh, this week's uh, pitching matchups. We'll go through not quite team by team, but just kind of give you some some outliers that we want to want to talk about some some good matchups, some bad matchups, some stuff to help you prep for your upcoming finals or semifinals, whatever it might be. Uh, so you will want to stick around. We will be right back. We're gonna s- just pause right here uh, for a quick commercial break, and then in thirty seconds we will get into the news and the notes. I'm Scott Trout, CEO of the domestic litigation firm Cordell and Cordell. We help men deal with the life changes triggered by divorce, such as child custody and property division, among many others. But life changes also occur after divorce. These changes can make parts of your existing court order irrelevant or harder to follow. If you feel a modification to your court orders might be necessary, talk to us at Cordell & Cordell. We're a partner men can count on. Contact CordellCordell.com, 1065 East Hillsdale Boulevard, Suite 310, Foster City, California, 94404. All right, we are back. We had a couple of uh, bummers. <laughs> Two of the best players in baseball are done for the year. Christian Yelich 
done with a shattered kneecap uh, from everything I can see. Absolutely terrible. I'm super bummed because I have him in my finals, but uh, I guess it's okay because I'm going against you, Jake, and you have Trout, and he's also done for the year. So uh, big bummer, though. Trout and Yelich both out for the year. Um, really disappointing. Of course, Trout never plays meaningful baseball anyway. He's only played uh, in the postseason once. That was in 2014. I would love to go off on a rant on how ridiculous it is that the Los Angeles Angels have the best player in baseball and have not managed to make it to the playoffs more than once with him. Uh, But we will save that for another day. Uh, Jake, real quick, other than just being completely bummed, Trout, Yelich, do any either of these injuries concern you for next year? Well, from what it sounds like, there's there's nothing to be concerned about. Uh, Yelich is not going to require surgery and it sounds like he's going to get the majority of his off season to prepare the way he normally would. So it sounds like, you know, if, if we're looking, in fact, I think I even heard something that he could, if the Brewers happen to make it to the world series, which is not likely um, he could potentially be available to play uh, in the world series based on the timeline for his recovery from this. Um, so it kind of sounds like his off season is going to be, a pretty normal timetable for him. Maybe it's a couple of weeks shorter, um, but there doesn't sound like there's any reason to be worried about Yelich. And I'm not super concerned about trout. I mean, it's a, it's a toe issue from what I understand. Uh, They tried some sort of cryotherapy treatment uh, to get him back on the field. And it, I think ultimately they just decided it was best to, to shut him down since they're eliminated. Um, But I don't think there's any reason for, for concern for either of these guys. In fact, I'm probably, drafting those two guys in the top three to four spots next year. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think that is the, the correct take Uh, another, another injury, not quite as uh, important for fantasy purposes. Otani uh, is out for the year. He's supposed to have, uh, is going to going to be getting knee surgery. David Dahl will not be coming back. Uh, Rich Hill back to the IL. Some some of these are more disappointing than others, of course. Otani is someone who I had in just about every league this year, and I never could drop him because he always got you just enough points to make him uh, viable, but he never really made a difference either. So I almost feel uh, you never want to rejoice in someone's injury, but a little bit relieved that he he's no longer making that a tough decision for me. I was hoping Dahl would come back. He he was he was he was streaky at times, but man, uh, he he had a nice a pretty nice points per game when he was in there uh, for the Rockies. Uh, anything else uh, that you want to hit on regarding injuries, uh, T-Hoff? I don't think so, no. I think that those are the big ones. I mean, well, <clears throat> um, there was also Anthony Rizzo, um, who twisted his ankle real bad in tonight's game, so that's not looking good. If you're, uh, yeah, have you heard runner, anything about that? I haven't, but I watched the replay, and he was going for a ball in the infield, and it looked like the 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 turf the grass i forget you know where they are looked like grass like he just completely rolled his ankle his foot basically went entirely under his leg it it didn't look good um if i'm an anthony rizzo owner i'm i'm very very worried about that injury i don't i don't expect him back for a couple weeks i would be shocked if he's in the lineup next week yeah yeah i will be looking into uh some more news on that as we as we get into this next section uh let's start in the outfield jake since we were just talking about uh trout and yelich who are some people that or who are some players that people could look to uh right now for outfield help uh this time of year people who uh, may not be very highly owned that people can can hope to find on their waiver wire well a couple of outfielders that i've definitely got on my watch list um kyle lewis of the mariners uh, was called up about a week ago um, he's hitting 316 uh, and has scored 22 points, which is a, roughly 4.4 points per game since his call up. And he's only 3% owned. Um, you know, this is a late season call up. He's definitely, you know, one of their hot prospects. They're clearly just trying to get him exposure. So it, it sounds like he's going to going to get some playing time down the stretch. And, you know, he came up swinging, swinging a pretty hot stick. So that's a guy I've got my eye on, Um, you know, especially with Trout going down, I might need some, 
Uh, I might need some depth in the outfield uh, in my finals matchup against you. So that's a guy I've got my my eye on. I fully expect that you're adding him as I'm saying this, just <laughs> right, me right. from getting him. Um, my, and, my, my team's too deep. I don't have room for those types of players. Oh, uh, yeah. Yep. Uh, <laughs> problems that uh, podcast hosts have, huh? And then Luis Arez uh, is eligible at second, third, and outfield. Um, he's averaging 2.6 points per game on the season, and he's only 20% owned. So so um, he's a guy that kind of shifts around for the Twins, but um, is getting pretty decent production. Um, this late in the season, I mean, honestly, you're just looking for guys that are hot, um, and those are a couple of guys that meet that criteria. Another guy that I've been looking at in the outfield is Jason Hayward. He had 42 p- 42 points last week, averaging six points per game. Again, he's hot right now. And with Rizzo being out, I know they don't play the same position, but uh, moving Zobrist around maybe uh, gives a little bit more room for Hayward to to get a few more at-bats. Uh, someone I'll be looking at adding if I need outfield help. Uh, let's let's move over to first base, talking about Rizzo. Uh, T-Hoff, who, who's, uh, give us a couple names of players you might be interested at uh, at first base. If, if, if players are, are needing a replacement for Rizzo or, or just need help in general. Yeah, I think um, I need to check the ownership percentage if you, one of you can, I'm, but I'm guessing Mark Can is up to 70% or so, at least in most leagues. But he's a guy that, that I've been riding his hot streak. You know, I think this week's been not quite as hot as two weeks ago, but he's the guy there. Matt Olson, if he's available, but probably unlikely. Um, Jesus Aguilar has actually been hitting pretty well as of late. Um, you know, he's not a guy that I would necessarily recommend just because, but he's at four and a half points a game. Um, but we know what he can do and he's been, he's been hitting lately. So, uh, when he's in the lineup, he's pretty good. Keep an eye on that. Um, and then, uh, you know, a, another guy that I've been streaming, um, sorry, I'm taking a look here really quick as, um, Sean Murphy, I think, or excuse me, <laughs> I'm looking at catcher, uh, Garrett Cooper has been really good. Um, he's, he's someone to take a look at as well. I think that was your call, Jake, but, um, he's also a guy that I'm trying to add. In some leagues. Yeah. And Canna for what it's, you, you asked him about his ownership in ESPN leagues, he's only 39.7% owned. So he is available. So go, yeah. Like you said, pick him up. If he's out there, someone that can definitely, definitely help you out. Um, yeah. Garrett Cooper is someone that you mentioned in the show doc, Jake, uh, talk to us a little bit about him. Uh, a lot of people may not know much about him we've mentioned him earlier in the year uh he had a bit of a hot streak that we talked about but then he he cooled off for a bit but what what are you seeing that uh has you interested in 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 cooper well he's picked it up in the last week or so um he is eligible at first and outfield which is uh also beneficial um he is hitting 364 in his last seven days you know it is worth noting that that's with limited power that's one home run no extra base hits other than the home run um, you know, and it's a small sample size. So he's eight for 22 um, with seven singles. But um, anytime you get on base, good things can happen. Um, you know, on the season, he's only averaging 1.9 points per game. But, um, you know, a guy that in a deep enough league, if you need first base help, that's that's a guy you can turn to. It is worth noting that he has sat the last two games. Uh, he banged his knee on a diving play in the outfield. So he's not played the last two games. But before that uh, was you know, was at least hitting for a high average and getting on base. Yeah. And, and for what it's worth too, he, uh, he gets Arizona and Washington this week. He has a six, a six game week. And the, the toughest pitcher he's going to face is Strasburg. And that's on Sunday. Everything else looks pretty good for him uh, as far as, as far as uh, pitching matchup. So, so Cooper's a guy that I think could, could help you out if you are in need of a bat at first base. Uh, let's, let's talk about some of the other positions that we haven't mentioned. Uh, you mentioned Sean Murphy accidentally tee off, but at catcher, I think you could do a lot worse. The only problem with Sean Murphy is I think he only uh, played in, in four games this week, but he had 32 points, which is absolutely outstanding for a week of, of, of baseball. So Sean Murphy is definitely someone at catcher that could provide really good points for you. And someone that in all honesty, um, this is the time of year. Let's just, let's just get into some strategy talk here. Uh, I know you guys have mentioned it before, but if you've got bench players that you're not going to be using, and if it's if it's a keeper league, a deep keeper league, and you might want them for next year, don't listen to this. But for most of us who are in redraft or, or shallow keeper leagues, if you've got a guy on your bench that's not going to be contributing right away for you, drop him and pick up a backup catcher for the days that your catcher is out. 
check to see what the projected lineups are. And like a guy like Wilson Contreras, when he's in there, he's absolutely raking, but they've been sitting him a lot lately. So grabbing a guy like Sean Murphy or, or a couple of these other catchers that we might talk about uh, can be really beneficial to get you, you know, just two to four points uh, extra on those days that your your catcher is out. It's a, it's a nice way, like Jake's saying, he's in a, in a matchup where it's a four-point difference. Like every single point can make a huge difference. So I really, really... Uh, recommend picking up some of these backups that you can throw in there when your players um, are getting a rest day. It's, so Sean Murphy for me is my top guy. What, yeah. Yeah. Jake, go ahead. I was go just going to say that to your point in that matchup that you're speaking of, that's a four point difference for me. I got the notification that Wilson Contreras was not playing today. I subbed in my backup catcher who I only picked up the last week of the regular season. I, I operated with one catcher all year, uh, but I picked up Christian Vasquez, um, when Contreras went down uh, with his injury and didn't drop him as we entered into the playoffs, I put in Christian Vasquez today when I found out Wilson Contreras wasn't playing and Vasquez got me 16.8 points, which <laughs> my, son of a bitch. <laughs> my, wow. my backup catcher won me my semifinal matchup. So that is outstanding. Knock on wood, as long as there aren't any stat corrections. Hey, but if you if you end up beating me next week and winning the league, this is a seven keeper league. Christian Vasquez has to be one of them. <laughs> he just has to be just to say, thank you. Yeah. I don't know if, uh, I, I don't know if I could stomach that, but, um, <laughs> I, I see your point. Who are some guys, who are some guys, uh, some catchers you're looking at for, for this upcoming week, Jake? Well, a guy like Mitch Garver, um, and speaking to the strategy you were just talking about, um, he's not going to play every day. Uh, not at all. But when he is playing, he's averaging 3.2 points per game. Um, so a guy that, you know, if you have a guy like that on your bench, when when your starting catcher has an off day, sub him in. That's a good guy that you can use in that kind of scenario. So that that's my, uh, my catcher waiver wire suggestion of the week. Um, I don't spend a whole lot of time on catcher, but that's that's the guy that I'm liking right. this week. And Christian Vasquez for obvious reasons. Yes. How about you, Hoff? Yeah, I actually like Pedro Severino, the other Severino. I don't believe they're related, but uh, he's actually coming back on Tuesday for people that own the Severino, you would know. But uh, Pedro Severino has got Toronto and Seattle coming up. He's been averaging um, 4.8 points per game. And he's not, you know, all these guys, just like Jake said, isn't playing every day, but he's worth taking a look at and streaming. I'm always the guy when I'm drafting that's getting a top catcher because I don't want to have to worry about doing that. I'd rather stream um, in other spots. But if, if I have, you know, I have Real, Real Muto in a couple leagues and I have Grandal in another, if I see a day that's a daily that he's, you know, one of those guys isn't starting, of course I'm going to I'm gonna fill that spot if I can. So he's a guy to take a look at, uh, catcher for Baltimore. Got good pitching matchups coming up and been hitting decently. So he's not going to go negative on you either. And, um, going to help you you know probably won't win the matchup for you but over the course of a week it's going to be beneficial along with your yeah points. absolutely that's that's good stuff let's move over to second base since we already covered first base a little bit unless you guys had uh, any other names for first base uh, interject those but otherwise uh moving over to second base uh jake who who is a, a player there that you could look to if you are just uh in dire straits again we know that uh for for many of you you're in the finals or semifinals you're you're locked up in all these positions but uh, should injuries hit or players taking days off uh, and, and you want to kind of utilize your daily roster availabilities, who who, who are a couple of names that people should be well, looking at at second base, Jake? Robinson Cano is only 49% owned, um, and he's a guy that we were fading pretty hard in the preseason and in, in the first part of the season um, for a number of reasons. Uh, but he's got 21 points in his last seven days, and uh, he's started to, to heat up and you know, the Mets are in a situation where they're still in it and they're still going out there and, and fighting every day. So that's a hot streak that you could potentially ride um, a guy that, you know, that's going to going to play every day. Another guy that I've got my eye on is Nick Solak um, and uh, second baseman for the Rangers. You know, this is a guy that they brought up that, you know, they're talking could could potentially earn a uh, an everyday role uh, as soon as next year. And, um, you know, he's been doing quite well. He's hitting 417 in his, in his last seven days. Um, and that's in 84 at bats this season, he's averaging 3.1 points per game. 
at only 11% owned. Yeah, <laughs> that's definitely useful. I mean, that's, that's, that's the kind of, those are difference making points. Do you think like R- R- Rugnet Odor is also uh, heating up a little bit? He's been he's been playing quite well um, as well, averaging five point seven points over the last uh, week. Do you think that there's any playing time concerns given the the second base eligibility, or are they moving players around quite a bit there in Texas? Well, I think they're they're moving guys around. Um, you know, just looking at Solex game log, um, he's been playing every day and and none of these look like they're really uh you know pinch hit scenarios or anything i mean we're looking at three plus at bats uh pretty much every every game that they've played since september 1st so as far as solex playing time is concerned and with where the rangers are in their season um you know they're eliminated so they're just getting guys reps at this point so um he may not start every single day from here on out but um i imagine they're going to try to try and get him as many as many big league at bats as possible yeah. How about you, T. Hoff? Anyone at second base you want us to, to think about? Yeah, I think Kevin Biggio is looking really good, and he's got Baltimore and New York this week. Um, again, he's got some playing time issues, so keep an eye on that. I've been streaming Odor. I've been streaming Colton Wong as well, but I was mostly doing so because he was at Coors, and he had one big game for me, so that paid off. But, um, yeah, there's actually some pretty good options here. There's a – you know, there's um, – you know, take a look and, and see who's out there in your league. But I've actually been pretty surprised that there's some guys that that can help you out. Um, I thought Nick Nico Horner qualified a second, but I think it's just short, and I, we haven't got to. No, go yet, for but. it. Just uh, just move us into shortstop <laughs> um, then. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's been. <laughs> I think again, um, this is more Jake's call, but uh, he's been at, you know hitting 417 uh, since call being called up plays great defense. So I think they'll get him, you know, get him in the lineup. He's got 38 points. I believe in the last week, correct me if I'm wrong, um, Jake there, but um, he's a guy that I haven't had room for because I've been um, uh, set at that position, but there's always, always the utility spot. And as we've talked about all season, good shortstops end up there. So, um, you know, definitely, definitely some options there. This year's, and this is what, again, one of the reasons I love points leagues, there's always an option to stream here when you're when you're in the thick of these these matchups so your uh, your biggest risk is is over right right yeah i mean with nico horner he's he's getting the the nod at short while javi Baez is out and it's a very small sample size so 417 with a 481 on base percentage um over an 1100 uh slight or ops excuse me um and 38 points in in those seven games um Granted, two 12-point games uh, in that stretch uh, consecutively, actually, and eleven and an 11-point game in his in his big league debut. Um, you know, other than that, it's it's been there have been some offers and some onefers, but uh, you know, averaging six point three points per game. Uh, if you streamed him last week, uh, <laughs> you probably had a pretty pretty productive week at the shortstop position. Yes, I, I was going to pick him up in one league and I was like, well, he just had this monster game. What are the odds that he goes back to back? Because I only needed like a fill in because I think um, my shortstop maybe was Lindor or something like that had a day off. I was like, oh, what are the odds that he's going to go off back to back games? And I didn't pick him up. <laughs> and I was looking I was looking through the box scores because I didn't have a chance to watch baseball that 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 time. And I was I was kicking myself because sometimes the uh, the law of averages don't mean a damn thing and you should just just pick up the player that you feel uh can uh, can get you uh quality points um any other shortstops we should be looking at well really quick on uh second base don't forget about ben zervis he hit his first home run he's had nine points and then four points in his last two games so old benny boy could be helpful and i'm saying that par- partially facetiously but um he has had a couple good games and well, I was also reading that with the Rizzo injury, because Rizzo had been batting leadoff, uh, it looks like Zobris might be be slaughtered back up to the leadoff position, which means more at-bats, which means more opportunities for points. So absolutely, when he's in there, he does have the opportunity to to, to get you some points. Uh, I did just want to throw out, we've talked about Kevin Newman uh, quite a few quite a few times over the last few weeks. He had 22 points this last week. He's averaged, uh, averaged 3.7 this week. Um, if you go back... Uh, Last 15 games, he's averaging 4.1 points per game. So again, Kevin Newman, uh, shortstop and second base eligible for Pittsburgh, is another guy that you can look to 
um, if you're needing to stream. Do either of you, I'm going to throw this up to you guys, do either of you feel comfortable recommending some relief pitchers for the good listeners going into the final week? Because God knows I'm terrified of that <laughs> of that position. Um, I, I did get lucky in one league. I was not loving what Andrew Miller had been throwing out there, so I dropped him and picked up Seth Lugo. This is a, a league that gives you points for holds as well as saves. And Seth Lugo's role has been uh, very nice, and he now may have uh, potential for save situations down the road, uh, but he's only 20% owned. I know uh, one of you guys put him in the show doc as someone you were interested in, but uh, as an as a Lugo owner, I was I've been very pleased with him. But any other names that we can throw out there, uh, Jake? Any anybody you're comfortable with down the stretch at the relief position, the relief pitcher position? Excuse me. Yeah, I mean it depends on your on your league settings and your situation as to how you can use some of these relief pitchers. Um, Seth Lugo, I think, is probably the number one ad just because he's more than likely available in your league at 20% owned. And, you know, I, I think we're one Edwin Diaz implosion away from, from uh, Lugo kind of uh, securing the, at least the the highest leverage role for the Mets. Um, but at the same time, if the Mets lose a few games in a row and they, they, they play themselves out of the race, um, all of this could change, but I think Lugo is probably the the safest ad. Um, a guy like Emilio Pagan is still only forty nine percent owned. He's got four saves for the Rays since September first, um, so he's a guy that you could definitely keep your eye on. I added Nick Anderson in a couple of leagues. Uh, he's not um, also for the Rays. Um, he's not pitching in safe situations, uh, but has been averaging three point one points for per game in the last seven. And, uh, you know, he's a guy that I was able to slot into. Um, I play in a couple of leagues that have extended uh, pitcher slots that you can uh, use in whichever way you please. Um, so I've got a lot of setup guys and long relief guys that I utilize in those leagues. And and this is a guy that could get you some, you know, even if, if, if you want to sub in on a day that your, your closer isn't, uh, you know, if your closer's team doesn't have a game, uh, rather than leaving that slot empty, if you want to slot in a guy like Nick Anderson right. um, or or a, a player like that, that can be um, that can be a, a useful strategy. Even though he's not likely to get the save, three points is three points, and if you know if you can get that two or three times over the course of the week, that can be the difference in your matchup in the playoffs. So, yeah, no, I think that's uh, I think that's super useful. Uh, T. Hoff, any any recommendation any recommendations from you? Archie Bradley's getting some saves. He's about 50% owned, so take a look at his... Um, actually, I'll do it right now. Apologize for the clicking, but I'll take a look at his schedule coming up. He's um, He's got Miami and then San Diego and a game against St. Louis, so probably some decent chances to get some saves there. Yeah, and again, if your league allows you to use a SPARP, um, then Jordan Lyles actually uh, is, is a good... Well, he's only got one start this week, but last week he, he got some good points as a two-star pitcher uh, in that slot. And then Brandon Workman is getting saves for, for Boston. So if um, I've actually gotten some good points out of him recently, I still might lose that matchup by, by just half a point or excuse me, 0.5 points. Uh, yeah. Same thing. <laughs> um, but yeah, Workman Bradley are, are the guys that are available in the leagues that I'm, that I'm playing in and looking to stream. And I have Naris in a couple of leagues and I just, you know, I don't love that. So I'm, I'm looking for some other options. Yeah, that's good. Uh, let's, let's, Jump into starting pitching. This is a, a pretty volatile time of year. Uh, as we know, things things can get wacky quick. I, uh, Noah Syndergaard, he, he's had a rough a rough week for me. He, he faced Philadelphia and the Dodgers this week, so definitely was not an easy slate for him. Uh, but he only managed to go five innings in both those games, gave up four earned in both, uh, have between one and five points in both of those games. So six points total for a, for a two start week. Uh, not what you're hoping for when you roll Syndergaard out there. And this week he is at Colorado. Hmm. If you survived Syndergaard's bad week, or if you were not like me and you sat him, uh, what are your recommendations T Hoff for, I know you have Syndergaard in the lead in a league. What are you doing with him at Coors field this week? Are you feeling comfortable enough to, to, to roll him out there? Um, or is he someone that you're going to uh, kind of veer away from given the matchup at Coors field? Yeah, I'm, I'm looking to veer away. I think if you get yourself into a situation where uh, 
and, and remind me what day of week that is, if you don't mind. But I do think he's one, on Wednesday. Okay, so it's the middle of the week, which makes it even harder. I think you know a lot of times for me, I'm looking at my matchup and how things are going, and it's easier to make those decisions when you know how much risk you need to be taking. You know, because he does have such a high ceiling that you know, and the Rockies aren't very good, but they're at home, right? So they do hit well at home. They got to, you know, they have nothing to lose right now. They've actually been, been hitting pretty well as of uh, this last week. So I'm looking for other options. If And I do own him in a league. Uh, I didn't start him last week either, uh, but it was, a, it was a tough decision. Um, but I'm looking for a midweek pitcher, especially if I have to pitch him. I'm looking for something a little bit safer. I'm looking for, um, honestly, I pitched uh, Sandy Alcantara at, at the Giants last week instead of a couple other pitchers. Guys like that that I know are going to get me at least 15 points. Yeah, and we'll get into some of our streamer recommendations. And, and when we do that, when we get to that portion where we're looking at some some lesser-owned players with good matchups, I'll uh, specifically ask you if you start them over Syndergaard at Colorado. Uh, another tough one would be, for me, you've got Charlie Morton at Boston this week. Uh, Morton's kind of been a little bit he's had a, a rough a rough go he's only averaging about eight and a half to nine points in his last five outings jake do you feel comfortable rolling morton out against boston comfortable no i think at this point in the season unless uh unless you've just really really got a lot of depth at the starting position um to a certain extent you have to trust the guys that got you here um you know, we talk about over tinkering and while you can, while you can stream your way to a championship in a lot of ways, um, I think if you get too cute with it, sometimes uh, you can end up with a, with a bad result. And Morton is one of those guys that, that I just find myself having to trust. What about Cindergard in that same, would you, would you, is Cindergard cause he's, he's been so up and down and then more down as of late. Did, did, would that still feel like over tinkering to you uh, or is that a matchup or not even the team as much as the location that, uh, that scares you off enough that, that you wouldn't do that one or, or would you also roll him out? Coors Field takes everything off the table. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah I mean, the fact that he's pitching at Coors Field and Syndergaard has been uh, far from predictable um, this season. I'm um, I do have a couple of shares of Syndergaard and I'm, I'm tired of making that decision and uh, it's, you know, in the leagues that I have Syndergaard in, I'm, I'm no longer in contention. So, um, you know, that, that does say something, but, um, and I don't really have to stress that decision, but if I were in a situation where Syndergaard was facing the Rockies based on what he's done this season, I don't know that, I don't know that I would even bother. So, yeah. <laughs> oh, it's <sad>. just, <laughs> um, yeah. Well, from, from Coors Field to SunTrust, how do you feel about Aaron Nola at Atlanta? Let's just stick with you, Jake, and then uh, hear your thoughts as well, T-Hop. You know, based on what Nola's done recently, um, you know, I, did, I didn't have a whole lot of confidence in Nola based on his last few outings. Um, he did draw Boston in his last last matchup, um, albeit at home, uh, and only gave up one earned run in seven innings pitched against Boston. So if we're going with recency bias, I think uh, there's – um, you know, there is a point to be made that uh, you can throw him out there against Boston because he has had recent success against them. Um, but Nola is another guy like Syndergaard that's just been quite up and down. I mean, if you look at his last five outings, you've got 15 points, 20 points, zero points, which was at Cincinnati, four points at home against the Braves, and then 23 points against the Red Sox. Um, and, you know, other than the Marlins, uh, which was the the first start that I mentioned, None of these were, you know, layups against, uh, you know, really bad offenses by any means. Um, so he's just been pretty inconsistent. And, uh, you know, I, again, I'm not comfortable, but I think if you have Nola at this point in the season and you've been rolling him out there all year, um, at, a, at a certain point, you got to trust him. Yeah, no, that's fair. I think I, I feel more comfortable uh, with Nola than Syndergaard. And, and I agree with, with you on Morton, uh, man, all of these make me nervous. Uh, this one probably makes me most nervous, and, and maybe he's not quite the caliber of pitcher that I w- would like to think he is. Maybe he doesn't qualify with these other pitchers. But Boyd, uh, the pitcher for Detroit, Matthew Boyd, gets is at Cleveland. 
Um, he has been averaging less than eight points in his last four starts. Tihoff, you start in Boyd this week if you have him? Um, looking for other options again. Same thing as Syndergaard. Um, Cleveland doesn't scare me that much with their lineup without you know, without J-Ram. And I guess, you know, I don't think Puig's been doing a ton, but um, I bet you can find a, a better streamer, honestly. Yeah, that's fair. When you guys were looking at the slate, were there any other uh, big-name pitchers that you thought we should spend a few minutes on that, that have uh, difficult matchups or matchups that you might – uh, be fading for for other for other pitchers. The other one that I, I saw was uh, was Giolito at Minnesota, but you know I I feel like uh, I don't even know where to start on that one. I didn't <laughs> I, I didn't know if if uh, if if there was any other names that, that that jumped off the the page for you guys as far as pitchers that you must start pitchers that may not be must start mm. this week. Did I mean, anyone jump off the page for you? Syndergaard's the you know the big one. I'm scrolling through here trying to see if there's any others that jump off the page. I mean, Chris Paddock. Well, what about like, you've got Castillo. I know you have Luis Castillo shares at the Cubs. Now Rizzo's gone. Is is that a scary matchup for you? Or are you, you feel pretty comfortable rolling Castillo out versus the Cubs in Chicago? Castillo for me is in that safe range of pitchers that I feel like, uh, you know, you got to play the guys that got you here. And, uh, um, I'm rolling Castillo out there, even against the Cubs. Um, you know, it may not be a 20 plus point outing, but uh, I, I feel fairly confident that it's going to be a double digit point outing. And I'd rather do that than roll the dice on a streamer that could uh, could end up going negative on me in, in the most important week of the of the season. Yeah, yes, uh, very true. Uh, sorry, I interrupted you. You mentioned you mentioned Paddock. You were looking at a couple other names, I think, too. Anyone else jump out, jump off the page? Yeah, I mean, Paddock draws the Brewers um, in his next start. Although what we've been getting from Paddock recently is uh, is not what we were getting from him at the at the beginning of the year. Um, I'm just sorry, I'm scrolling through here. Um, you know, Flaherty gets the Cubs, but I'm pretty confident with Flaherty moving forward based on what he's been doing yeah. recently. He's been uh, quite, quite studly. A guy like Bumgarner gets at Atlanta. That one's a little bit scary. Um, we talked about Morton. Um, Scherzer gets at St. Louis. Scherzer's a guy that, you know, I had put a note at the beginning of the show doc about what do we do about Scherzer? You know, I've, I've got him uh, in, in the league that I play you in. Stefan and uh, his last several outings have been less than Scherzer like. So, but you're not you're not actually considering benching him, are you? I couldn't imagine you, especially you who don't don't doesn't over tinker. I can't imagine a scenario where you're not rolling Scherzer out there. This I, time I think he year. falls into that same category of of pitchers um, that I mentioned above with Castillo. But you know his last five outings. Eight points, ten points, eleven points, twenty-six points, and then three points. Um, and he hasn't gone more than six innings in any of those outings, which is is not Scherzer like. I mean, we're used to eight innings of fourteen strikeout baseball from uh, from Scherzer. Crazy, he hasn't gone more than seven innings since June. Uh, <laughs> That's crazy. Um, I'm sure he. I'm sure he will this week against me, though. <laughs> That's a given. A complete game shutout. I'm calling it right here. Since he's come back from his injury or from his IL stint, uh, I don't. I don't think he's he's right yet. Um, I think you know maybe he's he's playing through something, um, but it's a, it's a guy that you know. Yes, I'm starting him. You have to. It's it's Max Scherzer, um, but it 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 scares me a little bit, you know. And St. Louis isn't one of those offenses that we we tend to necessarily steer away from but they're playing good baseball right now i mean look what paul goldschmidt has done uh in the last week or so so that's definitely you know if he if he gets hit around in the first couple of innings and has that short leash and he's your ace you know so that's that's one of those matchups that is potentially right it's potentially scary right. I and mean, you have to you have to start him but it's it's concerning based on what he's done recently i mean that that 26 point outing against atlanta was encouraging but you know, that's one out of his last six or seven starts that's been, you know, Scherzer-like. So, yeah, no, I get it. I think there's there's definitely definite reason for uh, 
some concern, but again, nothing actionable. I don't think, I think you're, you're rolling them out there. Uh, T Hoff did any names, uh, before we jump into some of our streaming recommendations. So we will give you that. We're going to, we've got a whole week of games to talk to you about. And I'd love to hear both of your opinions on, on some players we can look to, um, as streamers, uh, again, guys that are owned in, you know, less than 60 or 50% of leagues. Uh, but before we jump into that, T Hoff, are there any other pitchers that have, you know, typical starting caliber pitchers that, that you might be a little more hesitant rolling out uh, this week, other than the guys we've already mentioned. Yeah. I mean, to, selfishly speaking with my matchups that I have coming up in, especially the, the league I really want to win. Um, you should want to I win every goal. league T hop. <laughs> well, the one I really, yeah, you know, <laughs> the one with but the yeah, most money. <laughs> Sorry. I think that is that the one that I just beat? Well, I don't remember actually. Um, honestly, I don't remember <laughs> either way, but I, I'm in three leagues uh, this season and, and I'm, I'm definitely going to be in two finals. I might be in another one. Uh, i got to wait to see what the scoring adjustment gets like tomorrow. But I, in one league as in particular, I have Keichel, who's been awesome. Um, he's got Philadelphia and then San Francisco. So San Francisco, both at home. San Francisco's a lock, um, of course. Then i got Sonny Gray, but he's at Chicago. He's been awesome. i got Ryu at home with Colorado. Um, and then i got Soroka also at home with Philadelphia. So does the Philadelphia lineup scare me enough to not start? Keichel and not Sar- Soroka. I love your guys' thoughts. I think I'm rolling out Keichel. Probably not Soroka just because he's a little bit up and down. But um, yeah, what would you guys do? I think um, I think I like Keichel for both. I think at this point you gotta you, know, you gotta throw out the guys that you that have gotten you here. And he was a great pickup for me, much better than I thought. Yeah, I mean Keichel that is. I'm inclined to throw out Keichel for for both, but uh, definitely the start against San Francisco on Sunday. Of course, at that point in the week, you can kind of see where you're at and see how, you know, how much you want to want to roll the dice. But Keiko seems like a pretty safe play right now. Um, and Soroka, you know, that's one of those, like you said, I mean, uh, he's a guy that got you here and he's probably going to going to do better than any of your uh, any of your streamer options. Um, so, I mean, Philly is. Philly is always a scary matchup in a lot of ways, but uh, I think with the way the Braves are playing right now, I, I, I trust both of those guys. Yeah, I, I agree with Jake. Uh, let's finish off the show. Let's let's give you know a couple good minutes here on on some streaming recommendations. I've got a couple guys um, that that I'm looking at as as potentials uh, both earlier in the week and then later in the week as well. Uh, the guy I'd like to start with, though, uh, just my first recommendation. Um, not necessarily the one I'm most confident about, although maybe it is, but I'm, I'm bringing him up um, off the bat because he he pitches on Tuesday. So if you want to stream him, you're going to want to grab him uh, right away. And that's Plezak for the Cleveland, I almost said Browns, uh, Cleveland Indians. He gets Detroit um, at home. He He's had a, you know, he's he's not very owned. Plezak is probably available in, in, in many leagues. Uh, he's only 37%. 37% owned. Uh, he he had a complete game shutout against the Angels uh, last week, getting you 42 points. Um, and well, I mean, I shouldn't say that because everyone has different settings when it comes to complete game shutout type scoring. Uh, but uh, he had many, many a point for you. Uh, but against the White Sox, just the outing before that, he went negative six at Tampa Bay, only one, had a decent start against Kansas City. But before the Angels game, he hadn't had a, a quality start uh, since August 7th. Um, so it definitely had been a long time. So please act is a, is a, maybe a high risk streamer, but against Detroit, I feel fairly confident on him. How do you guys feel about please act uh, versus Detroit? I feel pretty confident about any pitcher against Detroit. <laughs> um, no, I mean, that's a guy that I've recommended as a streamer several times. So, um, he definitely draws a favorable matchup. So that's a, that's a, uh, a, a pretty fa- pretty safe uh, streamer play given the matchup. So I like it. What about Plezak or Cindergard at Colorado? I mean, let's get into it. Let's be real here. Or would you start Plezak over Cindergard? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> That's disgusting even to think about. And the fact that we're hesitating is so, so scary. I would tend not to trust any pitcher pitching at Coors during my finals week. 
So yes, I would start Plesak over Syndergaard this week. And Tihoff, I think you would too, because you were even less high on. I yeah. Would. Cool. Well, that's that's a good one. Plesak, start him up. Line him up for your Tuesday Tuesday matchups. Um, Tihoff, do you have a streamer for us that you'd like to uh, recommend for the week? You were our streaming champion, so with a whole week's worth of games, maybe try to avoid Monday since uh, I don't know exactly what time this is going to come out to the good people on Monday, uh, <laughs> unless it's a late game. Um, well, that screws this no, up. I, no, but, uh, I, I'll get this out. Hopefully, hopefully everyone's listening as soon as it is available and they can still make some moves. But um, yeah, who are some players that uh, or a pitcher or two that you'd recommend for, for this week? I like John Means. He's got two starts. He's at Detroit and then he's versus Seattle and neither of those matchups scare me very much. He is a Baltimore pitcher. I know that sounds crazy, <laughs> but his last four outings, he's gone at least six, seven twice, almost seven one, a third time. Um, and he's gotten, you know, 31 points, 26 points, 16, 21. Um, that's a pretty safe, uh, safe streamer for me. You know, um, obviously, I w- as I <laughs> probably say too often, look at what's available in your league, but that's a guy who's probably available 32% owned, yeah. um, and he's got two really good matchups. So um, am I starting him against Detroit instead of Ryu versus Colorado? I don't know. That's in LA, but you know, that's getting back to what you're saying with the police act versus, uh, versus Senegal debate. I'm going to, that's, that's a struggle this week, right? Is do you go for the points or do you go for the upside or sorry, do you go for the safe points or do you go for the upside, which you might need to win. Um, and you're going to kick yourself if, uh, if you don't go for that big upside sometimes and you lose by a few points, but uh, I do like means. Yeah. I'm definitely throwing Ryu out there, but that's, that's that's maybe just me, but I, I trust Ryu in this time of year. I think he'll be good. Uh, but Means is a good streaming option. How about you, Jake? you have a streamer for us? Well, I'm going to rattle off four or five real quick that, that I like pretty well. Um, oh, please. Sean Manaya, who is 46% owned, um, has been pitching very well. He does draw the Rangers, but it is a home game. So, um, you know, at the Coliseum, which I think is a more favorable play for him. Uh, but his last three starts have all resulted in 15 plus points. Um, and he's only given up one earned run in, in those, those three starts, um, and pitched most recently at Texas, um, and did not give up an, an, a run in six innings pitched. Um, so, uh, that's probably my number one streamer of the week. T Hoff mentioned Sandy, uh, Alcantara, uh, who I also streamed this week. Um, he's been pitching really well as of late. Um, only one game in his last five, five where he got single digit points or less. Um, and he did go complete game shutout against Kansas city two starts ago. Um, he draws, uh, the diamondbacks in Arizona, which doesn't particularly scare me, especially the way the diamondbacks have been playing right now. Dakota Hudson gets the nationals. So this one's a little bit more of a, uh, a scary matchup. Uh, he is 60%, 62% owned. So that uh, doesn't quite meet our streamer qualification, but decent chance he's, he's available out there uh, in your leagues. He's gone six innings plus uh, in his last five, only given up six earned runs, um, double digit points every time, 20 plus and four of the five. And the one uh, 11 point game most recently was in Coors Field. Uh, so not a bar, not a bad start for Coors Field standards. Jordan Lyles, another guy that Tihoff mentioned. I also streamed him this week successfully. Um, he draws the the Padres. Um, and ironically enough, only one single-digit outing in his last five, but that was at Miami. Uh, drew much more difficult matchups uh, in his last five with uh, St. Louis twice and the Astros um, scoring 15 points or more um, in, in all of those four other matchups other than the Marlins start. Um, he's only given up five earned runs in his last five. So um, he's been pitching really well. And I like the San Diego matchup. And my last one who might be one of my favorite uh, kind of sleeper picks for next year um, is Zach Gallen. Yeah. He's on my list too. Love it. He's also, he also draws the Padres um, at, at San Diego um, in his next start. He's been a little more up and down 38% owned. Um, you know, he's probably the least, my least confident pick of these uh, for a streamer in your finals week, uh, but did draw some tough matchups at Milwaukee Dodgers um, uh, at the Mets and the Reds. 
uh, in his last five, but um, he's gotten positive points in all of them. 32 points the last time he faced the Padres um, going seven innings, not allowing a run. So I like that matchup based on um, recent outings. So those are kind of my, my streamers. I love it. I love it. T Hoff, you have any more for us? I mean, we went, we gave quite a few recommendations here, so uh, there may not be a whole lot left out there, but yeah, that, that covers a lot of it. I like Manaya. I've been streaming him. Um, one guy that I I don't think I'm starting him, but keep an eye on Glass now. Um, I think I, I need to check the latest on how how DP is going in the games. Uh, probably you know probably I think he's a spark in a lot of leagues though, so that might be usable uh, useful for you. Uh, and then Severino, as I mentioned earlier, not 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 uh, Pedro, but um, Luis is going to be pitching. Uh, I think he has. I know he has Toronto at the end of the week. And then at the beginning of the week, he has, um, which I'm not going to start on his first start off the IL, but he's got the Angels, um, the Troutless Angels. So I'm going to see how that goes. And if that goes really, really well, I would consider him against against Toronto. Is that crazy? Yeah, maybe. But, I mean, maybe not. I, I get nervous, especially this this late into the year, having not pitched at all. And I know they're trying to ramp him up to see what they can get from him uh, towards playoff baseball time. But yeah, I, I, I'd be nervous, uh, but we'll have to see how that rotation shakes out this year. I, I'm not sure if you'll, if you'll get to pitch twice this, this week or not, because they have uh, an off day on Monday. So I don't think he goes till Tuesday, but, right. uh, but if he does get in there, definitely something to look at because Toronto would not be uh, a very scary matchup at all. Um, but yeah, it's definitely, Another few names to consider if you play in a daily league uh, where there is a start limit, but you have the ability of, of getting some ex- extra pitchers into, um, you know, some extra just pitcher slots or, or even added relief pitcher slots, um, a, a few names to consider, uh, but particularly Domingo Herman, Yankees have come out and said that they're going to use him um, the last his last outing. Uh, he actually didn't start. Uh, they used CC Sabathia as an opener, and Herman came in as kind of a, in a, in that piggyback role uh, and pitched four innings of of pretty uh, pretty phenomenal ball. Um, and if you can use a guy like that, where it doesn't count against your start total, but you're getting uh, close to starting pitcher production out of him, um, that's a great way to get some some extra points in your leagues as long as it falls within the the confines of the rules of your league. Uh, Kenta Maeda is also being used right. in that situation right now for the Dodgers. Um, they're just prepping these guys for their in- inevitable role uh, as what it's going to be like in the playoffs. And uh, I believe Tony Gonsolin is going to be used in that role as well. So guys that can go out there and pitch a three, four innings because they're, they're coming in in this kind of piggyback or um, long middle you know, middle relief, almost fireman role. Um, that's some way to get some, some cheap points. So, yeah, no, that's great. I love it. That's really good. Good. Here we go, guys. Finals. We will, it will all be, it will all be sealed up and victors will be celebrating and the losers will be drinking their tears and we will be here for everyone to comfort and to rejoice. I, uh, I'm excited for it. I, I don't know what my confidence level is going into this week uh, against you, Jake. I, bo- I, I As you were talking, I looked for both Maeda and Herman, and, and you've already rostered them both, so I'm I'm tilting a little bit, uh, but it'll be good. Um, I'm excited. It's going to be awesome. Uh, last week of baseball for, for us as far as uh, all the leagues that we're in, so uh, it's good times. Any any final words for, for our loyal listeners? It's been uh, it's it's been a long season. So if you're if you're still listening, thank you. And if you're still in it, best of luck. Absolutely, T Huff. Yeah, I second that. Of course, thanks to everyone who's listening, and best of luck this week. Keep your lineup full and uh, go with the guys that got you here overall, unless they're at. Colorado. That's right. Unless it's Noah Syndergaard. <laughs> awesome. All right. Thanks so much for listening. We'll be back with you. Um, most likely we'll be back with you at some time next week. I'm not exactly sure when a recording will be, uh, but we'll probably do a, a, just a quick wrap up podcast just to, to say thank you and to just look at, look over the year and, and look maybe uh, forward to next year. So thank you. Much, thank you so much for listening for Jake Beeman and Tyler Hoffman. I am Stefan Lacoe and we will talk to you next week.
There's ghosts haunting these woods, and they're headed straight for Roaring Camp Railroads. Is it a trick? No, it's Thomas and Percy's Halloween party. And with a bounce house, pumpkin patch, temporary tattoos and face painting, plus photos with Sir Top and Pat, it's certainly going to be a treat. So get down to Roaring Camp before all the fun disappears. Weekends October 12th through the 27th. This September at local area Subway restaurants, your meal purchase will help our neighbors in need. Purchase a sub drink and chips and help us donate 200,000 meals to local Feeding America food banks. Subway meal includes any sub, salad, or wrap with any drink and chips or two cookies. For every two meals purchased through September 30th, participating Subway restaurants will donate one meal up to 200,000 meals to San Francisco and East North South Bay Area food banks. One meal is the monetary equivalent of 10 cents. Meals secured by Feeding America on behalf of local member food banks. So pick up a great meal and make a difference in the community. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.